The Passover offering is a barley offering. The barley is what the Egyptians fed the animals and fed their slaves. From the time of Passover to Pentecost is how many days? 50 days. There are 49 steps from Passover to Pentecost. Pentecost offering is a wheat offering. The barley offering we lift up to God. The wheat offering we wave before God. In the Passover offering, God brings you favor with God, favor with man, and he rebukes the devourer. The Pentecost offering is your financial new year. That's the offering that he releases the finances. So watch how this works. Right now, we're in the favor with God. Right now, we're in favor with man. Why man? Because it's man who gives us the raises. It's man who shows us where to, it's God uses people, right? Yeah. But it's also the devourer. But if they're rebuking the devourer, but if there's no blessing, there's, no, there's no, nothing the devourer can, can eat. So come Pentecost is your fiscal financial new year. This is literally a weed offering because we have gone from just enough or not enough out of just enough into the windows of heaven opened up where there's yeah. good measure pressed down, shaking together. Yes. Amen. 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 Now, in the last days... Right before the Messiah comes, and, and, and I always have to say this so people, somebody always comes up. The Messiah could come before we finish tonight. But if he delays, the Bible says that there, is, there are going to be two major things, two major things that God is going to do. One of them is that there's going to be a great outpouring of signs and wonders and miracles, a spiritual outpouring. The other thing that God is going to do is an end-time transfer of wealth, a financial outpouring. Everything that is taught to us in God's word has two parts to it. What are they? Spiritual, which is the the outpouring of God's signs and wonders and miracles, and physical, which is the end-time transfer of wealth. In this teaching, every single thing God teaches us has the physical and the spiritual, the heavenly and the earthly. The heavenly is there's going to be signs and wonders and miracles, exactly what uh, Joel said, uh, Peter said in the book of Acts. But the other thing is the physical are the the earthly, and that is an end-time transfer of wealth. The wealth of the wicked is laid up for the righteous. Are you okay? Now, in understanding that, we studied something the last couple weeks that is a phenomenal Jewish term that has great, great revelation to it, and that's the word Shylock. Do you remember that? A Shylock is the power of attorney. It's Abraham sending Eleazar to find a wife for Jacob. Abraham gives Eleazar the power of attorney. He goes and finds a woman. He signs the the marriage uh, documents. He arranges everything. He's doing it as if Abraham is doing it himself. Moses says on the mountain as he's talking to God in a burning bush. Moses says, go to Pharaoh and tell Pharaoh, let my people go. 
He says, Moses says, who shall I say sent me? Who shall I say made me the Shylock? The one with authority. I'm going to go before Pharaoh. I, I better be able to tell him who put me in charge. Okay. Are you with me? It's, it's an agent. It's an ambassador. It's one who is sent with full authority. Okay. The word Shylock is where we get the Greek word apostle. An apostle is one who is sent by God with authority and a message. That's the spiritual. A Shylock is one who has, is more earthly that has the power of attorney, the power to make investments, the power to sign documents, the power to say something in the name of the master. It's a more physical one. When Jesus said, as my father sends me, so send I you, we think of that mostly as one with spiritual power. But the thing that I want you to see is that spiritual power and financial power, heavenly power, and earthly power are synonymous. Now watch this. Go with me. This is not the good part, but just to get you thinking, go with me to the book of Luke, chapter 16. Now, I want you to think about the word Shylock, because every one of you is a Shylock. Jesus said, as my father sends me, so send I you. Whatever you bind on earth shall be bound in heaven. Lay hands on the sick. In my, in my name, power of attorney. Are, are you following me? In my name. Well, who, who do you think you are? They, they said, in, in, by, by what authority have you healed this man? That's the term Shylock. Who gives you this authority? When the devil says, well, who are you to lay hands on the sick? Or who are you to bind the devil or break the curse? It's not who we are, but it's who sent us as a Shylock. Luke 16, verse 1. And he also said to his disciples, there was a rich man who had a steward and an accusation was brought to him that this man was wasting his goods. Now that word steward there is translated from Greek to English steward, but that word steward in the Hebrew is Shylock. And what you got to understand is when Jesus is talking about the steward, the Shylock, a steward, a steward was someone who was over something, not because of him, but because of his master. So we're putting ourselves in the place of the steward or in the place of the Shylock. Are you with me? All right. There was a rich man who had a steward, a Shylock, and an accusation was brought to that, that this man was wasting his, the master's goods. Now, look at me right just a second, because th- this is such a great teaching, and it'll bring a revelation that'll change your life. We can change the world with this revelation. God says, the silver is mine, 
God says, the gold is mine. God says, the earth is mine and everything in it. So whatever we have in our possessions is not ours, but it's God. And whatever we have in possession, and the next scripture I'm going to take you is going to really blow your mind. But whatever we have has been entrusted to us, and God is looking at us to see if we are good Shylocks, if we are faithful stewards. We always say a tenth is large. A tenth is holy unto God, but it's all God's. Now, this is, this, is really going to, this is really going to help change everything. So this teaching that Jesus gives is a man comes and looks at what he's put in my possession, and he, and he hears that I have been wasting what he put in my possession. Okay? So he called him and said to him, what is this I hear about you? Give an account of your stewardship. Give an account of you being a Shylock. So understand, this is Jesus speaking to you. Not one amen in the whole place. <laughs> Give account if you have been a faithful Shylock. Okay? Then the steward said within himself, what shall I do for my master is taking the stewardship away from me? I cannot dig. I'm, ash- I'm ashamed to beg. I have resolved what to do, that when I am put out of the stewardship, that they may receive me in their houses. So he called every one of his master's debtors to him and said to the first, how much do you owe my master? And he said, a hundred measures of oil. He said to him, take your bill, sit down and quickly write out 50. Then he said to another, how much do you owe? And he said, a hundred measures of wheat. And he said to him, take your bill and write out 80. And so the master commended the unjust steward because he had dealt shrewdly for the sons of this world are more shrewd in their generation than the sons of light. What he's talking about is a way to do business. The way to get ahead is to do business the way God teaches us to do business. In the world, business says, steal all you get, get all you can, and sit on the lid. But even in this, and it's going to lead into something far greater, I'm going to teach you in a moment, God is saying, when you do business, be a generous business person. He, he commends the son of light. Don't, don't, if you're doing business, give the best deal. Don't cheat somebody. Don't, don't promise a lot and give a little. Promise what you can promise and then do more and your business will flourish. Don't cheat because word of mouth spreads. All right, that's a whole, other te- that's a whole business teaching. Uh, and I say to you, make for yourselves... Uh, yourselves by unrighteous friends for yourself by unrighteous mammon that when you fail they may receive you into everlasting habitations literally wealth he who is faithful in what is least is faithful also in much and he who is unjust in what is least is also unjust in much 
Therefore, if you have not been faithful in unrighteous mammon, money, who will commit to your trust the true riches? And if you have not been faithful in what is another man's, who will give you what is your own? No servant can serve two masters, for either he will hate the one and love the other, or else he will be loyal to the one and despise the other. You cannot serve God and mammon. Now, let me explain this, because what I'm going to show you will make this so plain. This is a business principle, but this is also a stewardship principle. Let's talk about the stewardship principle. The master is God. The Shylock is you and me. And the Shylock, the master comes and says, I hear you've been wasting what's mine. Give account. That's going to happen in just a few months on the last day of Shemitah. That's what happened in 2001 on exactly the last day, the 29th of Elul. America wasn't able to give account. 2011, exactly to the day, 29th of Elul, the last day of Shemitah, America went into an economic collapse that led the world into an economic collapse And we're just starting to pull out of it. We're just coming out of Babylon. And we need to say, God, what do we need to do? And God says, return unto me and I'll return unto you. Render unto Caesars that which is Caesars, but render unto God that which belongs to God. So God is going to ask Every one of us in the world and in this room and watching by stream between now and Pentecost and the end of Shemitah, which goes in the Jubilee, have you been faithful? What belongs to me? There's a teaching in Judaism that comes from this. And the way it works is that... um, If someone is going on a journey, you're to take a coin or a dollar bill and you're to give it to that person when they're going on a journey, on a trip. When you go on a trip, not everybody does this, but uh, this way, but it's a Jewish tradition that when you go on a trip, the reason you're going on a trip is for yourself. But If I come, and let's say you're going on a trip, and so we come together, God, give them safety, give them joy, give them blessing. But if I give you a coin or a dollar, and a lot of people will fold it up where there's one showing because because we serve one God. So if I give you this dollar, and I say, when you get to Galveston, Give that to charity. Now your journey is not just for yourself, but it is for a mitzvah to make the world a better place. 
Do you understand? Judaism, through that teaching, teaches us that we are all on a journey. From eternity to eternity. So why are we here? We're here to tikkun olam. We are not here just to get all we can, can all we get, and sit on the lid. We are here in this journey. That's my dollar. Now you are my Shylock, that we are partnering together to go somewhere to a third person and bless their life. So now it's not just a journey for you, but it is a journey for you to make the world a better place by us partnering together so a third person can get blessed. When we come on Sunday morning or Wednesday night, my part is to bless you with teaching. Your part is to bring an offering. And when I do my part and you do your part, that's the true meaning of a... And then we change the world for God... That's the true meaning of a three-stranded cord is not easily broken. If I'm on my own, I can be broken. If you're on your own, you can be broken. But if you and I partner with God, we are a three-stranded cord that is not easily broken. Do you get it? Okay, so... Now, it's not just that you're going to have fun, which is good, but now you're on, you're a Shylock on a mission that as you go, you are going to bring a blessing to Tikkun Olam, even in a small way, someone else's life. And now you are, you have a right to a double blessing and double safety on your journey, okay? You and I are on a journey. That's what this teaching is, that we go from eternity through this life is a journey. It's just a vapor of smoke and back to eternity. In order for us to be blessed and to be double blessed on this journey of life, We can't just go on the journey for ourselves. We have to go on the journey as a Shylock of God to make the world a better place. And so the Hebrew teaching is that God gives each one of us a certain amount of money. And he expects us He obligates us to take 10% of that as as we are being sent on a journey. We are to be spiritual, but we are also to be financial and not just be about ourselves, but be a three-stranded cord together. Uh, do Do you understand this? And so... Now, 
I know I'm going slow, but I really want you to, to, to get this. Now look at, and you'll never see this the same again. Look at Matthew chapter 25. In Judaism, let me, let me repeat this as, so, so you can really grab a hold of this. In Judaism, because of these teachings, see, everything Jesus taught, he didn't make this up. But in Matthew, Mark, Luke, and John, he's teaching these things to people who know this. When, when Jesus said 30, 60, 100 fold, well, they, you know, we, make, we make that up, what that means. But they knew what it meant. Passover, Pentecost, Feast of Tabernacles, Stedkah, tithe, and first fruits. That's how you get to a hundredfold. So Jesus is talking to things, and he doesn't, he doesn't go into great detail about them because he's talking to people who know. You know, the, the great blessing and challenge that we have is we got all these new, we had 300 people saved this weekend. We have all these new people coming in. Some of us have been around this for a lot of years, to others, it's new terminology. So I have to take a little longer to explain it. Jesus didn't have to do that because he's, he's not talking to Gentiles. He's talking to Jews who spoke the lingo, right? And so the teaching to give someone a coin or a dollar when they go on a trip is to bring double blessing and the whole teaching of that is, is that to remind us that we are not in this just for us, but we are blessed to be a blessing. That nothing that we have is ours. You know, it's an old saying, you never see a hearse pulling a U-Haul. So the double blessing on the journey is the blessing here and the blessing that will come. All right? We're not on this journey just for ourselves. God wants us to, God wants us to enjoy Galveston, but double the Galveston blessing by be a blessing on your journey. Do you get it? All right, now look at Matthew 25, starting with verse 14. For the kingdom of heaven is like a man traveling to a far country, who called his own servants, his Shylocks, that's you and I, who called his own servants and delivered his goods to them. And to one he gave five talents. Now, l- let me stop right there. A talent is, here is money. Say amen. Come on. So, at least pretend you're tithing. <laughs> a talent is not the ability to sing or dance or something. Now, that is a talent. But in this case, he's putting in his servants' hands the right for them to do business financially. Got it? All right. Talent. The one he gave five talents of money, and some say a talent is this, some say that, you know, some say it's uh, a year's wages. Uh, To another he gave two talents, to another one, uh, one talent, to each according to his own ability, and immediately he went on a journey. Now that's Jesus 
coming and then going on a journey. Then he would receive five talents, went and traded with them and made another five talents. And likewise, he would receive two, gained two more also. But he who had received one talent went and dug in the ground and hid his Lord's money. Whose money is it? It's, if you can get this, it will change the way you, you view giving. You will literally become a cheerful giver. And God loves a cheerful giver. And after a long time, the Lord of those servants came and settled accounts with them. So he who had received five talents came and brought five other talents, saying, saying, Lord, you delivered me five talents. Look, I have gained five more talents besides them. And his Lord said, you prosperity teachers are nothing but greedy. (laughs) And the Lord said to him, well done, good and faithful servant or shalak. You were faithful over a few things. I will make you ruler over many. Enter into the joy of your Lord. He also who had received two talents came and said, Lord, you delivered me two talents. Look, I've gained two more talents besides them. His Lord said to him, well done, good and faithful Shalak. You have been faithful over a few things. I will make you ruler over many things. Enter into the joy of your Lord. Then he had received one talent and came and said, Lord, I knew that you were a hard man reaping where you have not sown and gathered where you have not scattered seed. And I was afraid and went and hid your talent in the ground. Look, there you have what is yours. But his Lord answered and said to him, you wicked and lazy servant. You knew that I reaped where I have not sown and gathered where I have not scattered seed. Therefore, you ought to have deposited my money with the bankers. And at my coming, I would have received back mine own with interest. Therefore, take the talent from him and give it to him who has 10 talents. For to everyone who has, more will be given. And to he who will have, and he will have abundance. But from him who does not have, even what he has will be taken away. And cast the unprofitable servant into outer darkness. And there will be weeping and gnashing of teeth. When the Son of Man comes in his glory and all the holy angels with him, he will sit on the throne of his glory. And once again, the first place the word glory is means wealth. Right? Remember what we read last time? That, that, that our English has translated it from glory, but the real word is wealth. God is not a poor God. But he is a God who owns the silver and the gold and the cattle and all the earth is his. And he comes and he starts everybody out somewhere. Five talents, two talents, one talent. 
but then he comes to see what we've done with them. Now, this is in Hebrew. Jesus is talking to Jews. This is a dual meaning. The dual meaning is what you have done with business, but what you've also done in when you do business and you are, you are successful, the only way you're truly blessed by God is what? A third becomes blessed. This is prosperity with a purpose. God wants us to live in beautiful houses and drive beautiful cars and go on vacations, ladies, where no tents or potty porta potties are visible. But it's not just about the journey that we're blessed. It is about the Hebrew understanding that when we do business, and every time you go to work, you're doing business. Every time you invest in stock, you're doing the business. Every time you, you load a truck or mow a lawn or build a house or buy uh, investments, you're doing business. And the only way we can truly be blessed by God is when we do business together, a third one is blessed when we're on the journey of life we are partners together to tikkun olam and make the world a better place do you get it so this is what this is why and 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 i don't know any place has ever taught this but when we are on a journey from eternity to eternity and on that journey just like, just like, and I'm going to do this to everybody when we leave for Israel. I'm going to give everybody, have everybody, uh, before they get on the plane, give a dollar bill that they can give in Israel. Amen. I'm going to do this when I pray for people. I want them to give that dollar away. Yes. Now, it's not much. It's not, it's not much, but it's, we're partnering together in the journey of life to make a difference in the world. And if we're faithful, if you're faithful in doing that, wherever you are, God will raise us up. Returning to me and I'll return to you. How do we return? What did God say? Tithes and offerings. We know the offerings is three times a year. Passover, Pentecost, Feast of Tabernacles. We know a tithe, 10%. Now, when we hear this, we realize it, it goes from an option to an obligation. 10% 10% is holy unto God. The whole reason the world is in sin is because Adam and Eve were poor stewards. They touch what belonged to God. God said, this is all yours. Now, it's not all theirs. It was his. But he said, all this is yours to enjoy, but this one's mine. Okay? So the end is... Malachi, return to me and I'll return to you. Go with me to Malachi and I'm going to show you something that's absolutely amazing. Malachi 3 is about returning to the offerings of old. And I'm going to be real honest with you. If you read Malachi 3 on down the very first part of it, one through down, it's talking about there's going to be judgment on the fivefold ministry. Judgment on the fivefold ministry for abusing, taking offerings. That shouldn't surprise us What's the first thing Jesus did when he came as the Passover lamb? Turned over the money tables because they were cheating people in the temple. We don't have to cheat anybody or scheme anybody or gimmick anybody. 
So Malachi is about the last days before the second coming of the Messiah, and our eyes are open. We know about that. God will open the windows of heaven. Now jump over to Malachi 4. For behold, the day is coming, burning like an oven, and all the proud, yes, all who do wickedly, will be stubble. And the day which is coming shall burn them up, says the Lord of hosts, that will leave them neither root nor branch. But to you who fear or reverence my name, the sun of righteousness shall arise with healing in his wings, and you shall go out and grow fat like stall-fed calves. You shall go. Now look at me. We're not going. Israel did not go out of Egypt like it shows in Cecil B. DeMille's movie. They didn't go out broke. They didn't go go out in rags. They walked out with all the silver, with all the gold, with all the clothes. They walked out with 200 years back wages. What does the devil owe you and your family? 200 years they were slaves. What does the devil owe your family? 200 years they kept them eating barley. Was the devil owe your family? Look what it says. With healing his wings, you shall go out and grow fat. You shall go out. We're, we're, we're going out the head and not the tail. At least I am. I'm going out the lender, not the borrower. You shall go out and grow fat like stall-fetted calves. What's the difference between a stall-fetted calf and a range calf? A range calf or a range horse or something has to keep moving to stay alive. A stall-fetted calf doesn't have to sweat it anymore. And somebody just comes and brings him the water and brings. This is how, you know what amen means? It means so be it. This is how it's happening. I'm, I'm not going to have to pull offerings anymore. Israel went from slaves to as they're going out, people said, please take our silver. All right, let me give you the, the, the main revelation of this. We'll go out when, when we return and we understand that we are on life's journey and life's journey doesn't work when we're just here for ourselves, but it's a bl- double blessing when we couple our journey with the mission from God to make the world a better place, right? So when we understand this, this is Malachi, when we understand this, God will open the windows of heaven. When you understand, this is why God loves a cheerful giver, and I'm running out of time. When you understand this, he'll open the windows of heaven, pour us out a blessing, and he'll rebuke the devourer. The the enemy won't steal it anymore. It'll just keep coming. And then it says the sun, S-U-N, of righteousness will shine. Why S-U-N? Real quick. Go all the way back to the Garden of Eden. In the Garden of Eden, everything Adam and Eve put their hands to 
it flourished under the blessing of the son of sun that God put in the sky. When Adam and Eve touched that which belonged to God, in Hebrew it says the light that we see now shattered and become less potent. And so things aren't growing and blessed the way they are. In Hebrew, that breaking of the sun, S-U-N, which is the light of God from heaven, is called broken shards of light. I don't know, you were in the church when I taught this a year or so ago, and I took a jar of marbles, and I threw them out on the ground. And Hebrew says that at one time, God meant for the whole human race through Adam and Eve to be equally blessed by the light from heaven. But when Adam and Eve touched what did not belong to them, then he dismissed them and he divorced them from being Jehovah Jireh. And he said, by the sweat of your brow, now the ground will yield thorns and thistles, which is why Jesus, they put a crown of thorns and out of his brow came not sweat, but blood. Okay, we all know that. But the teaching is, is that the shards of light that we were to live in broke into millions of pieces. And instead of us just living in it, he put in every one of us a tiny light of God, a tiny shard of light. Now, the teaching in Malachi says when we understand why we're here on this journey, we are here on this journey not to go on the trip by ourselves, but to make a difference, to repair a broken world. When we return to this, it will bring all that light and the sun will shine again. And the latter rain will be greater than the farmer. But here's the interesting thing. I was going to teach this last week or the week before, and I didn't get to it. And I was at home in between, and I'm watching this program on 60 Minutes, and they were interviewing this, uh, maybe you've seen him, he's an African-American gentleman, he's an astrophysicist, and, and they said when he speaks, whether it's in New York or Chicago or wherever, it's like he's a rock star and he fills stadiums. The, guy's, the, guy, the guy is m- more brilliant than you, know, you and I can even imagine, and he's an astrophysicist. And they said they line up around the block to get in to hear this guy by the thousands and thousands. So he's talking on 60 Minutes, and he's talking about we don't even understand the vastness of the universe and its power. And he says something like, well, give me an example. And he said, well, we have proven by DNA that in every, every single human being, there is particles of stardust. And he said, what? He said, the same things that make stars shine, those particles are in each and every human being. And the guy on 60 Minutes says, well, how'd that happen? He goes, we have no idea, except sometime in the past, there was a great explosion of light. And the light shattered into all these little particles and fell in the, and, and, and it's in each and every one of us. And I thought, I'm teaching that in Malachi. In each and every one of us 
is the light of God to do good. It's not, it's not in us to, you know, people say all the time, well, we're born evil. We're born with the Adamic nature. That's untrue. You never see a white child and a black child baby looking at each other and thinking, well, you know, you're different than me. They play, they, they hug, they kiss. They, they don't say, we learn evil. But what I love is in each and every one of us, there is the light of God. And when we return to realize, why am I here? We're not here to just be, build bigger and build shinier. There's nothing wrong with that. But when we bless a third, we are repairing the shards of light. We are bringing it all together so the sun of righteousness can shine and the Messiah can return. Somebody ought to shout amen. Do you receive that tonight? No longer on the journey do we realize we're just here for ourselves. We are, you, are a, you are an ambassador for God. 